100% behind Q. He's working for the president, he's working for our country. Alien Listeners to the 22nd chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the 2018 QAnon short story anthology episode. We are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. So, first of all, this episode is very special because we have no guests. It's just your three handsome hosts all holed up in different parts of the country and recording into remarkably less professional <laughs> equipment than what's available in the deep dish den, which we will be returning to after we're finished pretending to have families. Uh, <laughs> it's also a very special episode because we assign two stories to each host, which will make for a total of six stories about QAnon, all from 2018, and we'll be exploring them in chronological order. But before all that... QAnon news. So uh, not a whole lot on the QAnon news front. Uh, right now, Q has entered another period of radio silence. Uh, there was a big one in July. There was another one in October. And uh, as of this recording, the last Q drop was on December the 22nd. Now, that, of course, has left the QAnon community to their own devices, and they're speculating on the next day when they think that everything <laughs> will finally go down. So uh, two dates I've seen bandied about are uh, New Year's Day or possibly one three eighteen, which is the day the uh, new Congress is in session. So that's that's it. That's that's the only reason they they like that day. That's they 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 think that yeah they think that this will finally bring about maybe the the, the red tsunami where you know the uh, where like all <laughs> yeah, the <there's... laughs> all the evil Democrats will finally get arrested. I mean, there's Joe M as well. He. He has been trying to spin a theory in which the White Hats <laughs> hacked uh, the deep state system that steals elections for Trump to pass through. Just, just enough. You know, they like they held the hole open just enough for him to squeeze through. But then they didn't do that uh, during the midterms so that they could win even harder two years later by passing voter ID laws. Of course, they're obsessed with voter IDs. Wait, so, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, yeah. you're saying that yeah. they they it's purposely messy. blew the uh, the house oh, yeah. so that in a couple years they can uh, they can do a, a better hack? They can I think they can use the fact that they lost the house to pass the voter ID laws, which will stop the deep state from being able to do it again. Wow, man, that's 4D chess that I don't comprehend. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my fucking my Quora board. Just yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's tucked away on a on a cabinet next to the menorah. Well, Joe M finished that tweet with using your uh, favorite hashtag, Jake. Um, Which one? Hashtag they, they they never thought she would win, or no, they never <laughs> thought he would win, or no, they never thought she would lose. That's the one. You know, Julian, all those hashtags are acceptable, and I right. think that they're probably all right. Uh, I just hate Hillary so much, you guys. Um, there is also speculation within the QAnon community that we are currently in the midst of 10 days of darkness. Wait, what? Explain this to me. What is this? Is this like before Passover? (laughs) Before, before the hand comes and takes your firstborn? There was, there was a a Q drop like last year, all the way in like December of 2017, where Q said that there was going to be 
uh, 10 days of darkness. And this is just <laughs> one of the many cryptic things that Q says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and so they and so people in the QAnon community are now speculating that the 10 days of darkness that were that was promised. I, I love this phrase. It's so like biblical. Yeah. But uh, the that uh, they, they think that it started possibly on December the 21st, which was the day after the first day of the government shutdown, yeah. or possibly on December 23rd, which is the day after the most recent Q drop. But so this was like, you know, the prophesied <laughs> 10 days of darkness. And we may be in the midst of it right now. 10 days of glaucoma for all of the <laughs> boomers out there. Short story number one. Jerome Corsi is essentially a human raspberry, a man entirely composed of flesh others would treat with ointments. He's a bad bitch, a case of living a life dedicated to pork and strong liquor. His tiny green eyes positively sink into his face, presumably in an attempt to hide his glee at having a career based on muttering the dumbest conspiracy shit on earth into a webcam in his study and having thousands of idiots greedily lap it up. His latest book is called Killing the Deep State, The Fight to Save President Trump. So how did this man gain credibility? Well, like many ghouls, he's an Ivy League student. Specifically, Jerome has a graduate degree in political science that he earned in Harvard in 1972. In fact, yeah, he loves to bring it up. He brings up his PhD everywhere. He prints it on all his books as much as possible. And I have a feeling he's a political scientist like Phil is a doctor and like Flynn is a general. Here's a quick rundown of Jerome's biggest hits. The Bush administration uh, has been working with the Council on Foreign Relations and some other liberals on a North American superstate with its own currency, the Amero. 9-11 was an inside job, specifically a controlled demolition. Uh, of course, he was also a heavy Free Republic message board poster with such classics as... Anybody ask why Hillary couldn't keep BJ Bill satisfied? Not lesbo or anything, is she? And... Isn't the Democratic Party the official Sodomizer Protection Association of America? Oh, I forgot. It was just an accident that Clintoon's first act in office was to promote gays in the military. Ragheads are boy bumpers as clearly as they are women haters. It all goes together. Corsi was also an Obama birther. He accused the John McCain campaign of being funded by Al-Qaeda. Nice. And he believes Hitler survived the fall of Berlin. Nice. Like our friend, our friend of the show, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, who is guesting on this episode, and we're really proud of him. (laughs) He's been a frequent guest on Fox News, not Jake, uh, Jerome, throughout all of this, but Corsi also bitched about G.W. Bush being, quote, post-America and post-God. When Obama was elected, Jerome jumped on the opportunity to accuse him of being secretly gay and Muslim. By 2017, he stopped writing for his old boo, WorldNet Daily, and joined InfoWars. That wasn't long-lived. He now just runs his own YouTube channel like a content creator boss. Anyways, here's the real story. A lifelong conspiracy theorist was confronted with an emergent champion in the field, the QAnon community. At first, Jerome was super down. He promoted QAnon with gusto, claiming that in 2015, a group of generals considered rebelling against Obama, but instead decided to back Trump in his attempt to overthrow the deep state. He also banged on about classic anti-Semitic conspiracy theory targets like George Soros and Saul Alinsky. Jerome is a Pizzagator, in fact, And he has posited that Hillary Clinton suffers from a range of conditions from Parkinson's disease to autism. (laughs) Wait, but isn't autism what they have? Like, isn't that... It's supposed to be good, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be... Don't they call themselves autists? Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to mean that your research skills are well well driven. Maybe Hillary hangs out in 4chan and 8chan. (laughs) 
<laughs> in May of 2017, he visited the White House as an InfoWars correspondent because hell exists and InfoWars were granted <laughs> White House press passes. Uh, anyways, Corsi supported Q and QAnon from the get-go, like I said. He tried to position himself as a baker, actually, someone who takes the informational breadcrumbs of the Q-drops and turns them into coherent didactic messages. In January of 2018, Jerome Corsi was promoting the hell out of QAnon, claiming that a picture of a pen on a desk that Q posted was legitimate and proof that Q was hanging out with Trump on the reg. But then, in April 2018, Jerome Corsi turned on Q due to his prediction that the, quote, mother of all bombs of intel drops was coming, uh, which didn't turn out to be true, of course. Corsi wrote, Look, hashtag QAnon and at real Donald Trump, enough is enough. At POTUS has enormous powers. Mind if we the people borrow them for a while? If redacted 46 pages that MOAB, forget it. Why did DJT cover up JFK papers until 2012? Bamboozled again? I guess at Jeff Sessions is in charge of exec branch. Uh, so this really did not make Q excited. Q wrote in an April 29th drop. Be careful who you are following. Some are profiting off this movement. Some are building a big following off this movement, only then to retreat and go mainstream. Patriots make sacrifices. Some, the ultimate sacrifice. Patriots are selfless. Do they ask for monthly payments to remain patriots? Think logically. To some, it's only about the money. Those who would seek personal gain at the expense of others in this movement has an agenda. You decide. This is not a game. The only profit we should all be striving for is true freedom. God bless you all. Q. So most agreed that he was talking about Corsi, who was, of course, pretty pissed off. Jerome struck back as best he could, calling Q, quote, compromised. His InfoWars colleague, Alex Jones, doubled down, saying that QAnon was taken over by the CIA and NSA, who were using it as a psych op to destroy the movement. That's a quote. Corsi tweeted, Whether Q likes it or not, I'm resolved now to raise more money for the movement. More resolved than I have ever been and create some structures in which we can go to war. And if Q doesn't like it, not my problem. I was in the battle way before Q, and I'll probably be in this battle long after Q. I love this because he instantly opens with like, I'm resolved now to raise more money for the movement. Uh, right. He's like, listen, right. if you think that you can take my grift, my lifelong, <laughs> decades-long <laughs> developed grift, It'll be for my cold, dead hands, my man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder if the original QAnon people, like, who actually put it together and who maybe even keep running it, like, do they do any merch? Like, has Q posted about merch? There was one Q drop when Q addressed the issue of people being asked to turn their Q shirts inside out at Trump rallies. Right. And Q suggested that to solve this problem, people buy two Q shirts. Oh, which is, um, I, I'm not sure exactly how this solves the problem. Uh, maybe you get the first taken away and you have the second in your bag as like a backup. Or, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. or you flip the second well, one inside out and then, and then you put the other one on top of that. So you just you wear look one, like a puffy little Q marshmallow. <laughs> you wear one as a diaper and the other as a bandana. And you just, and you just attack your family like, uh, like Rambo in First Blood. Honestly... I would quit this podcast. I would give it up. I would give up my sweet, beloved podcast to watch every single QAnon follower dressed in a Q diaper and a Q, you know, kind of helmet that they've fashioned out, <laughs> just running out through a... the fields <laughs> like a Braveheart army. 
I mean, that day may come, man. I hope. This wasn't the end of the battle between Q and Corsi. In November 2018, Q stated, Corsi leads to an attempt to infiltrate Q. Mueller leads to Corsi. Corsi plea deal. There are bad people who pretend to be good. Reread drops regarding warnings. And then he posts a Washington Post article titled, New Book by Trump Advisors Calls Out the President Embedded Enemies. Those most who left the White House did not have a choice. Fake news. Fake MAGA. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great... Oh fuck, I want that on a t-shirt. Transparency is the only way. Patriots United. Q. So on September 5th, Q did another drop, just for the sole purpose of letting all his MSM-hating followers know that the New York Times published an article about Jerome Corsi being subpoenaed in the Mueller investigation, presumably to discredit our boy Jerome. Q followed that up by posting the next day. Follow the picture. Quote, Jerome Corsi, who I outed as a Mossad asset agent in 1997 sting operation in London. Corsi and Piper Jaffray broker Brad Amundsen were integral to a fraud that took Minnesota investors for $1 million that the FBI refused to properly investigate. Instead, agents sought to portray me as responsible. Corsi is named as the author of several best-selling Israeli PSYOP books, including Unfit for Command, 2004, Atomic Iran, 2005, Minutemen, 2006, The Abomination, 2008. Q. Uh, this totally harshed Jerome's buzz, uh, and he tweeted on November 25th, QAnon is not my god. My lord and savior is Jesus Christ. I did not trust Sessions. I do not trust Huber. And the XXXK sealed indictments are not deep state. I oppose ideologies of all kinds, and I support at real Donald Trump. We will win because, quote, in the end. God always wins. Don't worry, ladies and trans Antifa soldiers, because a guy called Rick was in the comments posting a sweet Mueller meme that said, You scared, bro? You sound scared. So democracy is saved, and we should not worry. <laughs> it's funny, and this is not just of Corsi, but just of the general QAnon community, that they think that Donald Trump is, like, so amazing that, like, God himself is, like, protecting him. That this, this dude is, like, Joan of Arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, evangelicals love him. They treat him like royalty, like monarchy. It's God. God has appointed him like that. That is monarchy. Julian, I love at the end yeah. of this section that you included. You included the reply that you scared, bro. You sound scared. Yeah, lib Twitter. That is pretty much what they do. Yeah, they just jump in the comment. I mean, it's just all Krasenstein brother uh, clones. Oh my god. Oh my god. Speaking oh, dude, of the Krasensteins, I would like to address that. I know. I almost. I almost jumped in on that pile on with you, but then I was like, eh, I don't want to fucking. I don't want to deal with these guys. Yeah. What. Yeah, one of the crafted scenes is 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 uh, jumping on the anti Q train with just just a horrendous tweet oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. about how about how he'll always fight Q, QAnon, and uh, God, he's just just he's just, just like so so obnoxious. Yeah, he'll always fight QAnon from the comfort of his couch. Yeah, like, but what even is he talking about? He's just like instantly calling everybody stupid, which I'm not in total disagreement about. But you just walked into the bar. You know, we've been here for a while, my friend, and yeah. you fucking instantly yeah. are, like, just being a huge jackass. Um, yeah. Sir. I 100% agree. 
I, I would like to trip you and uh, you fall with your face into the dog shit. Right. So. <laughs> and it's I mean, fresh. It's hot. I mean, <laughs> it smells bad. That's his whole shtick. He just sort of like, he just sort of like, you know, defines things along simple sort of partisan lines. And like, like these are the, uh, the evil stupids and yeah. we're on the... We're on the side of the goods, and and people love that shit. I think that in a way this might be a poetic thing because what the Krasensteins deserve is to be banished to 4chan where they have to become reply guys there. <laughs> that, oh, my God, that would be amazing. I wish I will. I want them to be my pets. I want to look into like a small sea monkey tank and just see the fucking both Krasensteins <laughs> having to reply to all the, all the messages. Have you ever watched uh, From Dust Till Dawn? Of course. So, yeah, we, we basically, we bring in the Krasenstein's. We're like, oh, cool. You want to talk about Q? Like, come in, come in. And then we close the doors. <laughs> we close yeah. the fucking doors. And these motherfuckers are going to Shut pay. the windows. They have an incredible victim complex where they treat their struggle as incredibly brave when really all they do is shoot fish in a barrel. <laughs> they, they attack Trump and QAnon followers. They're basically they're basically uh, the kind of guys who who like to arm wrestle people with Down syndrome. <laughs> Short story number two. Roseanne comes out as QAnon and implodes. Now, <laughs> this is a real shame because uh, Roseanne, dear listener, you may not know, was a pioneer of diverse representation in television uh, back uh, when her show originally aired. She was a champion of the LGBTQ plus community and not only featured several gay characters on her show, but debuted the first ever woman-to-woman on-screen kiss primetime television had ever seen. Pretty progressive. Her original series, Roseanne, became a staple of the working middle class representation, and it showed a female character unafraid to take on the patriarchy of both America and Hollywood. Um, A little background, Roseanne grew up in a Jewish household. She was born to parents of Russian immigrants. Her sister and brother are both gay, and for all intents and purposes, she's for the most part tried to push progressive values through both her comedy and public persona, which brings me to the the pressing question, when the fuck did she get pilled? She got so pilled. It's amazing. <laughs> now, Roseanne has not been without controversy. Um, pictures. You, you know, reader, you I can't, you can, you can't see face. what I... Dear reader, you cannot see what I'm looking at, but uh, I, I assure you uh, I'm looking at a picture of Roseanne dressed as Hitler uh, pulling a tray of burnt cookies made to look like Jews out of an oven. I shit you not. I mean... I mean, honestly... Like, you know how, like, you're allowed to use a slur if you're part of that, like... That right group or whatever. This is I'm too go ahead far. And say this is like just a little too far. It's still. too far. Like, I would never. It doesn't I, matter what you are. are. Even, even as a self-hating Jew, I would never. I would never ever. Uh, I would never do this. <laughs> um, she did this photo shoot for uh, Keeb magazine, uh, which apparently is some sort of sarcastic Jewish journal. I guess like a Mad magazine for Jews. Um, even though I thought Isn't Mad Magazine, I thought Mad like, Magazine was for Jews, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, run pho- entirely. <laughs> the photograph obviously did not go over well, and Roseanne took some heat. Pun intended. Meow, oh, meow, boy. meow, meow. She got burned like her cookies. Uh, in a surprisingly noble move, uh, Roseanne posted George Zimmerman's parents' address and telephone number on social media after their son was acquitted of killing Trayvon Martin in 2014. So. 
That was pretty tight, actually. I could even stretch to defend the Roseanne reboot, featuring a Trump-supporting character in the hopes that we could finally, through the magic of network television, open a dialogue between Trump supporters and non. Alas, shortly after the premiere of 2018's Roseanne, things started to go where we go one, we go all. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a so what happened? So at what point did Roseanne embrace QAnon? Um, I looked into this, and it seemingly began uh, very shortly after Q had made his first couple drops. Uh, Roseanne asked the yeah. question that everyone else was afraid to ask publicly. Uh, and she's got a tweet from November 17th, 2017, and the, the tweet is just, who is Q? And you know, I don't blame her. I mean, if I had the most successful reboot on television, a real second chance in Hollywood after so many false starts, I would be very careful about publicly supporting an anonymous internet assailant championing the arrest of an administration Hollywood fucking loved. Uh, I would want to be absolutely sure I wasn't getting played by, like, some internet trolls forcing me to do the equivalent of, you know, looking at their finger pressed against my chest and then feeling that same finger you know, slide up my face as they laughed and humiliated me. Her next... I'm um, sorry for what happened to you in high school, man. Thank you. Her next tweet is very telling. She asks, tell QAnon to DM me in the next 24 hours. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck? She's... I mean, she must be... She's so, right. she's so dumb. Yeah. Um, the whole thing with Q is that he won't use, like, an unencrypted system. Like, that's why he uses 4chan, you dunce. She's like, who is Q? And then, like, five minutes later, she's like... Tell him to call she's me. She's like, tell him to call me. Right. She's like, yeah. Like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm big. Um, she, she didn't even yeah. create, like, a Proton mail address. Like, she clearly just doesn't have it in her to do anything spy-like. It's almost as if Roseanne couldn't believe such a wild story as QAnon and demands publicly, you know, for him to contact her. When the implications of this are massive, like if Roseanne could confirm that QAnon is real, we would have our first real celebrity pushing conspiracy theories. Well, well I mean, the, the first, the first it, real celebrity other uh, than the yeah. president of the United States. I mean, what, is it, what does it mean to be real? That Q is a real person somewhere? That Q yeah. is right about everything? I mean, there's, there is no way to just be like, it's real or not real. Yeah, I guess in this sense, I guess it would just be that Q had a Twitter handle and he sent Roseanne and he, sl- he slid into Roseanne's DMs. I love it. <laughs> um, what happened next was even stranger. Her Twitter account was deleted and her website went totally dark. Even though her website, RoseanneWorld.com, stayed down, her Twitter came back shortly and Roseanne quickly reached out to fans to let them know that the deep state hadn't suicided her twice in the back of the head. Uh, she, she, She tweets, guys, I am okay. I'm here. Thank you for worrying. I am okay and back. Explanation later on. But as far as I can find, she never did offer an explanation as to why her Twitter went offline. This didn't stop supporters from questioning whether the real Roseanne was back at all. Dude, oh. she tripped over her power supply. <laughs> yeah. One one guy tweets, "How do we know it's you?" And then he and then he he gets nervous, so he follows up with just oh. a bunch of question marks. And then another Twitter user named uh, Anti Socialist uh, tweets at Roseanne and writes, "Let us know that you are really back. Give us a real sign that we know it's really you." Which is hilarious because how the fuck is a celebrity you only know through their online presence going to give you, Joe fucking dumbfuck Twitter boy, a sign that it's the real internet presence of said celeb? Anyways, whatever happened during those f- those few hours of darkness changed Roseanne for the worse. And I have a couple uh, collected tweets after that incident. Oh, dude, what happened is that Roseanne went away and bizarro roseanne came back yeah even her picture is kind of like weird now like the 
or like Twitter AVI, like it's like some weird alternate dimension like version of her that like will die for Q. She tweets yeah. hashtag yeah. QAnon takes pics of the Oval Office and Trump's pen and inside Air Force One. It's more than a conspiracy theory. It's an unfolding tale. It's 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 kind of about tracking Snowden and following the what? money of the Federal Reserve billionaires. I love spy stories. Oh my god. And then she and then who are who are hashtag QAnon? And then she writes Hashtag QAnon is like the movie The Matrix or Red October. It is exciting reading it, like being inside a great video game in real time. It is really bizarre what happened to her. I mean, my much bigger question than who is Q is, what the f- what happened to her brain? Dude, I don't know. She just got red-pilled hard. I'm baffled whenever anyone falls down the rabbit hole this hard, this fast. And it happened to a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, yeah she, she fell really... Re- she went from... Who is Q to uh, her next tweet, which I'm going to read. President Trump has freed so many children held in bondage to pimps all over the world. Hundreds each month. He has broken up trafficking rings in high places everywhere. (laughs) Notice that. I disagree on some things, but give him benefit of doubt for now. Like, if Trump were to really liberate any kind of child sex slaves, don't you think he would do like one of those... Like put the drugs on the table thing that that the cops do and like yeah. take a picture with all the kids. Like yeah. he doesn't know how to not take credit for something. Yeah, exactly. He would. Yeah, he'd line the children up on the table, um, and yeah. and fuck them. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, Roseanne fell really fast, and you know that she did because she started retweeting guys like Prang Medic, who is like you know one of the mm. most popular bakers in the QAnon Quitchin, uh, which is a uh, <laughs> which is a phrase I made up while I was typing oh. this. It um, sounds like something out of Harry Potter. I really don't like you. Yeah, it really does sound. It does. I've been watching a lot of Harry Potter lately, you know, for fucking Christmas. Um, Wait, I think I did see that. Yeah, you did put on the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. What do you mean? That shit will melt your brain quicker than, than Q-drops, man. Mm, yeah, I, I, I'll spend way too long staring into the mirror of Azareth. Why do you think, like, all liberals are always trying to explain things in terms of Harry Potter? Like, it's exactly QAnon. It's just QAnon for libs. Yeah, that's true. Harry Potter and Game of Thrones are QAnon for libs. (laughs) Dude, that should be our book. So after all this, of course, thus began the fallout. Uh, Roseanne was fired from her own show. She was dragged through the mud on social media. And while she still tweets and retweets Twitter users advertising the walk-away movement, which is... uh, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, slacktivist call to leave the Democratic Party. Um, I could not find any more QAnon-related posts on her Twitter account. So at That's some because at she s- became Q. Yes, at some point. Well, and and also a, a there was a picture of her that surfaced with a Thomas Wichter, who is like a no. conservative, um, kind of like a wild conservative, uh, like tweet threader. Mm-hmm guy um so she's definitely still a part of the community i think probably her her new agents and managers were like hey you gotta you can't be tweeting about this guy right short story number three from mojave county jail in kingman arizona a man sent a letter to donald trump on june 30th 2018 it read to the honorable mr donald trump President of the United States of America. My name is Matthew Wright, and I wish to apologize for the disrespectful manner in which I have recently addressed you. 
That was not an accurate representation of who I am, nor how I was raised. My own mother said even she did not recognize my voice, and that was quite the awakening. I would go as far as saying a great awakening of my soul. <laughs> I believe I did not represent the American people to the best of my ability, and they deserve nothing but the best. That is why we elected you as Commander-in-Chief, in spite of those whom I will not name that were attempting to obstruct our voice. Through my faith, I have learned that my purpose here on this earth is to help others, and by God's grace, he is giving me the opportunity to do so. I will continue to pray for his guidance in both yours and my life, as well as perseverance through these difficult times. If there is anything I can do for yourself, your family, or this great nation, please do not hesitate to contact me. For where we go on, we go all. God bless America. A humble patriot. Matthew Wright. And uh, Matthew has placed a fingerprint over his signature, perhaps to... Uh, let the president verify Matthew's identity for himself. If the president is, in fact, an anti-deep state agent, he would he would have to do that kind of stuff, you know, so it's very important. Yeah, they've got a fingerprint scanner on his Diet Coke button. <laughs> 15 days prior, on June 15, 2018, Matthew Philip Wright, a 30-year-old from Henderson, Nevada, started the motor of the customized armored vehicle that he was living in. With him, two assault rifles, two handguns, 900 rounds of ammunition, and a flashbang device. Matthew's destination was the Mike O'Callaghan-Pat Tillman Bridge, just downstream of the Hoover Dam. The bridge allowed passage over the Colorado River and also happened to span the Arizona-Nevada border. Perfect place for what he was planning. Matthew was brimming with the nervous energy a man often experiences before facing down the forces of order in a quest for justice. The truck was humming along now, too late to turn back. He glanced over at the handwritten sign sitting in the passenger's seat. Release the OIG report, it said, referring to the Office of the Inspector General report about former FBI Director James Comey's actions regarding Hillary Clinton's usage of a private email server. Matthew knew better than to trust the 500-plus page report that had already been released, and he definitely had read in its entirety. He knew there was secretly a second report, and that Donald Trump, probably due to enemy pressure, was holding it back from the public eye. In fact, Matthew had spent the last few days talking to the rest of the QAnon community, and it was growing very clear to them that despite the OIG report being released, the deep state cabal was neither in handcuffs nor atop the gallows. That would only be accomplished by the release of the second report, the one nobody was reporting on but most definitely existed. Many QAnon Digital Warfare Division soldiers would spend the day furiously typing slurs, but other patriots, like Matthew, were equipped for a more direct confrontation. Matthew's eyes were slightly askew, his hair close cropped and black, and he wore a pale neon green t-shirt. His beard was dense at the center, flaring out into a sparser, unkempt bushel. He spoke through his mustache, which covered most of his mouth. Here we are, he said to himself. The view from the bridge was pretty impressive. The Hoover Dam was just gorgeous today. A sweeping concrete slope wrapping from bank to bank, the Colorado River gleaming below, how the construction was built straight into the rock face. It almost looked like some shit from a science fiction show. Matthew waited for a break in the traffic and then swung his truck sideways across both northbound lanes, effectively halting all traffic. Soon the cops had arrived on the scene and were confronted with an armored vehicle containing a heavily armed man pressing a little sign to his cab window, release the OIG report. But the cops didn't know what he was talking about. 
All they wanted to accomplish is clearing the bridge so people would stop complaining. And so the standoff began. <laughs> then about an hour later, and without much incident, it ended. Matthew drove his truck off, taking the US-93 south towards Arizona. Unfortunately, he was very quickly forced to turn back around due to a roadblock, and this allowed the cops to use stop sticks to blow Matthew's tires out. But it seemed by that point, the Patriot had reconsidered. He no longer wanted to fight. Matthew turned onto a dirt road and headed towards the river. Eventually, his vehicle came to a stop, and he was arrested without incident, presumably because he was white and told the cops that their haircuts were great and that he hated Rodney King. Wheeled off to Mojave County Jail, Matthew whipped out a pen and got writing. On June 30th, he wrote the letter we read at the opening of this story. But Donald Trump never answered this patriot. This sort of sucked for Matthew, who was arraigned <laughs> on July 5th in Kingman, Arizona, where he pled not guilty to terrorism, aggravated assault, unlawful flight, and weapons offenses. The terrorism charges alone carried a possible prison term of 10 years to life. So he buckled down and wrote a broader letter. To whom it may concern... My name is Matthew Wright. You may have seen my name in the news recently due to a series of poorly constructed decisions that were based on emotional pain and a great passion for our nation. I am a humble, God-fearing American patriot, despite what the media may portray me as. I love my country and all of its people, believing that those few who truly know me would say the same. I have never been in trouble with the law and have remained a hardworking citizen my entire adult life. I am no seditionist, nor do I wish to fight the government. I understand that the evil and corruption is limited to a select few in power, and that the greater good is doing its best to combat this. I never meant to harm my brothers and sisters. I simply wanted the truth on behalf of all Americans, all of humanity for that matter. Also, that those few responsible for purposefully damaging our beloved country be held accountable and brought to justice, as such are the true American values that this great nation was founded on. I believe we deserve that much, at the very least. I will continue to pray daily for the guidance of our representatives, as well as those faithful men and women who uphold their oaths. If I can be of any assistance in this great cause, please do not hesitate to contact me. For where we go one, we go all. God bless America. Matthew Wright. CC. As in carbon copy. FBI, DOJ, CIA, DHS, DOD, USSSGAO, SOC, MCS, DPS, Senator Dean Heller, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, and Congresswoman Dina Titus. In a July 17th hearing, a Mojave County judge raised Wright's bail from $25,000 to $1 million. <laughs> I couldn't find any developments since. Matthew Philip Wright is on the official Mojave County Jail list of inmates as of December 27th, 2018. This story blows my mind, and it's kind of heartbreaking because... I mean, he's so lost, but when he says stuff like, I believe we deserve that much at the very least, this sense of injustice that that, that they're getting screwed over yeah. and that they deserve justice for it, it's like, I totally yeah. agree. He's actually fairly well-spoken. I mean, his letters are well-written and carry some nice weight to him. What I really love about this is that, uh, you know, in, in Pizzagate, the people who are really promoting Pizzagate really hard kind of stopped after there was an incident with a uh, gunman walking into Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria. And then they sort of like, they pretend, all pretended that they had nothing to do with it. But QAnon really has already had sort of gunman at the pizza place moment with this, yeah. with this Hoover Dam incident. And it sort of did nothing. You know, the people who are, who are like, 
you know, uh, still promote who are promoting before are still promoting it. it. It barely caused a blip in sort of uh, the growth of the movement. Yeah, it wasn't the only one. There, there's another standoff that happened with a guy who came armed and he refused to leave because he was convinced that uh, that that was where they were processing all the children. So it was an extension again of the Pizzagate thing. But that also happened, and and people like just didn't care. I mean, yes, that's right. Of course, the guy who walked into uh, the pizza joint didn't kill anyone either. But that was considered, you know, oh, my God, some people took this uh, this conspiracy theory way too seriously. This is getting out of hand. It's gotten out of hand for QAnon twice, and it's just done nothing to slow it. The belief system is so bizarre and... And young, you know, it's like a year old. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the Americans have always done shit like that. They love it. They're like, oh, some some guy called Joseph found plates in a mountain. Cool, let's found a new religion. Like it. it you guys are always on the latest shit. <laughs> you just like that new new. Yeah. yeah, we do. We just you like that. Yeah, strange. that's strange. That 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 strange religion. Next up, we have storyteller Travis taking the yes. podium. Short story number four. I really want to talk about so QAnon's real big breakout moment. Because uh, for most of QAnon's history. You had to be like a real two online dweeb to even know about the existence of this thing. Or Roseanne, apparently. Mm -hmm. All that really changed on uh, July 31st at the uh, Trump rally in Tampa, Florida. Trump was in Tampa to rally for then-Congressman Ron DeSantis, who subsequently won his gubernatorial election and is currently the governor-elect of Florida. At this point, we had already known that uh, Florida was a hotbed of QAnon activity. Uh, for example, on July 4th, the official Twitter account for the Hillsborough County Republican Executive Committee tweeted a link to a video called QAnon for Beginners, and this was by Praying Medic. And the tweet said this, You may have heard rumors about QAnon, also known as Q, who is a mysterious anonymous inside leaker of deep state activities and counteractivities by President Trump. This is all a bit cryptic and hard to follow for the average person, but it is dot, 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 and the tweet just ends. So this this already was pretty crazy because this was basically an official branch of the GOP, local branch of the GOP, yep. basically uh, endorsing crazy. Q. That's insane. Um, I know. And, this and, social media manager is... I mean, on Yeah, one. what were they thinking? Nobody stopped them, huh? Yeah, in fact, nobody even really noticed until July 15th. It took like a couple weeks before anyone to go, wait a minute, this isn't right. Because no one, no one really knew about QAnon back then. Yeah. The uh, Tampa rally, it really cemented Florida's place as QAnon Central. And so uh, the people who attended this rally really, really noticeably, they had a lot of Q gear. There are Q shirts everywhere. There are people holding signs in the shape of a Q. There are people who are holding signs that said, we are Q. And the, the Q people, they wanted to make their presence known. They did things like they shoved Q signs in the light side of the camera. So Trump was being filmed. So you couldn't be missed. So even if you were like tuning in just to see Trump speak or DeSantis speak, you saw the Q signs. And like most people, they just had no idea what it was. So naturally, uh, people wanted to know what the hell all these cues were about. And that led to just a flurry of articles explaining QAnon in like almost every single major news outlet. Uh, like I'll give you an example. In uh, USA Today, there was an article with the headline, QAnon uh, at Trump Florida rally, what the Q signs mean. 
And the Washington Post was a bit blunter. Uh, Their article said, We are Q, a deranged conspiracy cult, leaps from the internet to the crowd at Trump's MAGA tour. He's brought a fish in a bag on stage and he's poking it. (laughs) He's a carnival barker. Travis, have you ever had to deal with that where your kid like won won a fish at a carnival and all of a sudden you were like, fuck, I got to deal with this thing now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, she... uh, Got over it in, uh, you know, a couple days, and the fish died. And we have a dog now, so that we don't have that issue anymore. <laughs> nice. Is, is, isn't it crazy that uh, fish are basically a species that can die from you getting over them? <laughs> yeah. 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 Fish die from people getting bored. I, I think that that's the same case with Jerome Corsi. I think if, if enough people stop... <laughs> I think if enough people stop believing in him, he'll... <laughs> he'll float to the surface belly up. <laughs> Q loved all the attention from the media that this that this rally brought. Um, and so this is the first time you really got the sense that Q was kind of a media whore, really loved being in the press. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there are a few Q drops that basically just cataloged every single article about QAnon. Um, and in an August 2nd Q drop, uh, Q said this, Welcome to the mainstream. We knew this day would come. So, and, and uh, so... After this, the, the incident was significant because it led to the only instance of the White House being asked about QAnon. In a uh, August 1st White House briefing, a reporter asked uh, Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders about QAnon. Two quickies about last night in Tampa. Does, first of all, does the president encourage the support of people who showed up last night in these QAnon and Blacks for Trump fringe groups? Um, and secondly, is the White House willing to say right now, in view of what happened with one of our TV colleagues last night, that it is wrong for his most vocal supporters to be menacing toward journalists doing their jobs in a situation like that or in any situation? Uh, On the first part, uh, the president condemns and denounces any group that would uh, incite violence against another individual um, and certainly doesn't support uh, groups that would promote that type of behavior. We've we've been clear about that a number of times uh, since the beginning of the administration. The reporter is putting QAnon oh, and Blacks, and Blacks for, for Trump, Trump un-fucking in, both believable. as fringe groups, which is... The fact that she accepts that on face value and the fact that he brings it up like that is just shows you where we're at in America. It's yeah, just like, yeah, exactly. I mean, first of all, it is insane, like, gays for Trump or blacks for Trump exists at all. It's it's just clearly just what the hell. And then on top of that, that she doesn't even blink when it's called a, a fringe group shows how much, <laughs> you know, how truthful those movements are even to the people who, who they support. Yeah, yeah. You know? These people will always be like a fringe group that they will detach themselves from at any point. Yeah, if it, uh, yeah. Her her response is, is is very very interesting because she clearly knows about it and she clearly like that's a canned response. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if she knows about it. I think it, for her it's like the response she would give to the bringing up Proud Boys. Like it's just a list of yeah, maybe you're of, right. Of entities that, like, they don't want to address. Yeah, that makes sense. That they also won't condemn. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you on that. That's right. She could answer the question about, like, you know, any fringe group. Yeah, she answers it in just all these generalities, right? Mm-hmm. So so it sounds like she's either maybe not aware of QAnon and she's just offering the sort of, like, the canned answer. Uh, whenever, when people, whenever a reporter brings up a fringe group, this is what you yeah. say. 
or she does know about it and she's like towing the line between not sort of uh, not sort of condemning QAnon directly, so you still have them as supporters, but 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 giving the reporter an answer that makes them happy, that makes that makes it clear that you you know you don't support extremism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of I actually I think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I think she's actually very good at her job. She I she, agree. she uses words very carefully. She's a horrifying uh, kind of cover up crew leader for fascists, basically. And she's able to um, personify a kind of stupid blankness that is the <laughs> Trump's administration's response to anything yeah. resembling criticism. Yeah, she's, very, absolute... she's very on brand. It's like these people basically, you get the sense that they don't really care what you have to say about them because they have the power. Yeah. So they're just like waiting through the conversation so that they can pick their gun up again and go do whatever they want to yeah. do. Yeah, and uh, it was significant. We had like all of a sudden in the like week after this rally, we had people just at the top of the mainstream media talking about QAnon. Like, for example, um, on August 6th, there was Chuck Todd on NBC's Meet the Press talking about this thing that started on 4chan and 8chan. There was a new phenomenon this week that a bunch of us had to explain to the public, something called QAnon, right? right? And it is in the sort of the dark recesses of the, uh, of social media of sorts on Reddit and places like that, not really less on Twitter. QAnon apparently is some elaborate, it takes one conspiracy and puts them all together. Donald Trump is either this secret deep state superhero or John F. Kennedy Jr., who apparently they don't believe is dead. Yeah, it was, it was very strange to see someone who's like supposed to be like a journalist for people who like casually watch the news, who tune in occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, talking about QAnon. Yeah. <laughs> this was also really uh, significant for uh, my Twitter account at the time because I had been tweeting about Q uh, like frequently for about, about a month or so, and I wasn't getting that much attention to it, and I didn't think I would. And then on July 31st, I sent a tweet that just consisted of images I collected from uh, QAnon followers of people waiting in line at the Trump-Tampa rally. My tweet said this, People lining up for the Trump rally in Tampa today, a lot of the Chananas might treat QAnon like a LARP, but by all appearances, there are plenty of people who take it seriously, IRL. This tweet wound up being embedded in a lot of QAnon explainer articles that were published the following day. And uh, then that sort of made me realize I had to sort of change how I tweeted about QAnon in order to, like, reach more people because uh, I got lots and lots of comments from people who did not understand terms like Chan, Anons, or LARP. Of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's true. It's true. I've learned a lot from the way you uh, tweet uh, in an educational and open way. Yeah, and uh, and then and then uh, and then all of a sudden, I had I had journalists uh, like sliding in my DMs. In fact, Jared Holt co- contacted me on uh, July thirty first for the first time, and uh, praised my work and invited me onto the Shit Post podcast. So, it's quite possible that uh, you know the only reason I'm talking to you gentlemen right now is because that uh, weird Tampa, Florida rally. So, yeah. life is a tapestry. Yeah. Is guess what I'm Say saying? Say what you will about Q, but you know what? He has brought us all together. <laughs> But it's interesting to me because you you basically started doing this thing as kind of a very personal, obscure obsession. Like the kind of like thing that you're really going to never be able to explain to people at a dinner party or whatever. Like just and the world around it was very small. And then this Tampa rally thing happened. And suddenly you were covering something that was actually much bigger than it had been, you know, 
for um for the months you'd been doing it like how, how was that for you were you i mean horrified surprised excited it was uh kind of strange you know i'd had that twitter account for like over a year i'd just tweeting about bullshit and then i felt like the QAnon was just sort of me continuing to do that just tweeting what interested me or what irritated me or whatever and then people started giving a shit like like jared jared holt asked me like how do i describe myself uh and the sense like how should i how should i be introduced and i was like all um i'm a conspiracy theory enthusiast was the best thing i could come <laughs> oh up God. with that was like because i had i was like i don't know I'm a, I'm a guy who fucking tweets about what what interests me and this happens to be it at the moment i don't know if enthusiast um, is the right word that would be what i would apply to jake he's very enthusiastic right, about it. yes uh right you're more methodical yeah, i can't tell if that's a compliment towards travis or a diss towards me <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. We're just going to have to leave that with the, you know, the Lord God to, to sort out. I have a feeling. I have a sneaking suspicion <laughs> that perhaps uh, my enthusiasm uh, is interpreted as uh, a somewhat a, a net negative Jake, effect. you're the most enthusiastic guest on this podcast. I know. People love me, though. Yeah, anytime you come and guest, um, maybe once or twice a year, people will always appreciate your enthusiasm. The people love me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get rid of me. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Because well, I, represent, I represent the evil part of people's brains that's constantly, constantly gnawing away at their consciousness. Else, yeah. And, and and by listening to me, they they it, it scratches that that itch deep inside uh, your ear canal. Speaking of scratching our itch, uh, you have the next story. Short story number five. Where do I start? A lowly troll on Reddit. I'd grown tired of my usual gameplay loop of R Weezer, R Xbox One, and R Daisy. I had seen Talibs on our politics constantly lambasting a subreddit comprised entirely of Donald Trump supporters called R the Donald. I peeked in, <laughs> expecting a wall 30 feet high of racists and misogynists, but instead was greeted by a dangerously accepting, kind, and diverse community so long as you were 100% down with who they called Geotis, which stood for God Emperor of the United States. I mean, what? I didn't even know that's what that meant. Wow. Oh yeah, it it was weird, sure. And you know there were <laughs> there all were you need to do is bend, abound. Is, is bend the knee and kiss his feet. <laughs> I know this is like what this is just like what boredom like what boredom and having like a like a horrible day job where I have access to a computer and internet uh, will lead to. So. The Donald was weird. I mean, sure, there were rare Pepe's abound, uh, but most of the dialogue was just everyone cheering each other on, no matter your race or orientation or anything. There was even a post from a trans Trump supporter who expressed extreme gratitude for being accepted by the community. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Um, and as I grew increasingly tired of the libs and my normie subs, like, constantly fighting with one another, the explosive kumbaya energy exhibited in the Donald kept calling me back. At first, just to lurk, but their memes were powerful. 
<laughs> Their memes were powerful, and I remember that, that slightly dirty feeling I had when I clicked my first upvote, and Trump's smiling face stuffed into a tiny little arrow turned from gray to orange. Fuck, now I've done it, I thought. I didn't agree with 99.6% of the rhetoric Trump was spewing out, but I did see some great examples of how our media was twisting truths to smear the guy further, and some seemingly glaring abuses of power perpetrated by the last administration. Surely this can't be true that Barack Obama, my favorite fucking president of all time, spied on and prosecuted journalists who spoke ill of him, right? Well, turns out he did do some of that shit. (laughs) So I was faced with an odd dissonance. On the one hand, I had cried to my mother and girlfriend on the night that Trump was elected. But on the other hand, this incredibly inclusive subreddit was opening my eyes to major flaws in our government systems. And for Christ's sake, they were having the fucking time of their lives. Such a nice change of pace from liberals eating each other alive for either being too progressive or not progressive enough. I wanted in. Not in, 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 like, you know, I believe in all the shit that this guy is saying, but, like, I'm in on the fun, you know, in on the memes. Uh, I found that the uh, the Donald subscribers to have a pretty funny sense of humor and, for the most part, had much more sensical analysis of the current political events than the screaming libs. So I created a dummy account. <clears throat> Once I learned what was popular and what kind of posted decent business, I was able to create memes of my own, and my Reddit karma skyrocketed, amassing over 12,000 updutes in a very small time frame. Uh, for the first time, my distrust of law enforcement agencies and dislike of the Clinton family for pretending not to be racist and yet packing private prisons with thousands of African Americans was celebrated here, nurtured even. When I dared step foot out into the other parts of Reddit to argue in our politics in the hopes of engaging in some meaningful dialogue, I was told to, quote, kill myself and my children so so that they wouldn't have to suffer growing up with me as a parent. Uh, Author's note, I do not have kids. One day, I got a text from my little brother. I had sent him a meme or something that I created, not realizing that he could reverse search the username and discover all of my posts on R the Donald. He didn't shame me, but he let me know that he had looked at some of my other posts and that it was, quote, okay if I was a Trump supporter. Me? A Trump supporter? No, absolutely not, I cried. I was like, I just think it's funny and, well, you know, some of the, the I mean, you know, these, I deleted my account and never posted in there again. <laughs> look, it's, look, it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games until a family member accuses you of being a Trump supporter. Damn. And for a while, things were back to normal. I still lurked on the Donald, but only so as to gauge the morale within that community as the walls seemingly closed in on their geotis. One day, there was a post referencing a Q-clearance military intel asset who was keeping Trump supporters updated on, quote, the plan to save the world. I fucking had to check this shit out. And it all seemed ludicrous until stories began to leak out into the media that seemed to support the idea that the past administration, the DNC, had in fact paid for foreign intelligence that was used to open a wiretap on the Trump campaign. Fascinating, I thought. I definitely was too much of a pussy to surrender my IP address to the Anons at 4chan, but luckily, there was a subreddit called Our Great Awakening where normies like me could find the latest drops and read the hilarious analysis. And I got really into it. So even so far as texting some friends that something big was going to be going down, 
See, I, I never bought into the idea that Trump colluded with Russia. I thought he was too dumb and cared too little about actually winning the presidency for this to be real. And I had also remembered that when Trump joked about asking Russia to find the rest of Hillary, Hillary's emails, everyone jumped to say he was actually directing the Kremlin from the second debate broadcast, which I thought was giving him far too much credit. Anyways... Things were decent in Great Awakening for some time. Bakers had theories, most of them laughable, but every now and again you'd get a tiny crumb of truth that would lead me to research aspects of our government's actions that would blow my fucking mind. Much in the same way that Julian does when he tells me tales of the United States installing dictators, only to, des- only to decide a few years later that they'd become socialist enough to warrant being murdered. Um... <laughs> In my time in the Great Awakening, I did not encounter any anti-Semitism, overt racism, or calls for violence. In fact, most of them felt bad for the libs. You know, they would that they would need to be extremely gentle and gracious when the libs inevitably came sobbing into their arms as their former heroes were hauled off to Gitmo for eating the faces off children. I, <laughs> I got a little I got a little creeped out when people would post like Saint Michael the Archangel prayer, but these were, you know, for the most part Trump supporters, so I didn't read too much into it. And then one day it was gone, removed for quote violating Reddit's terms of services. Now, I did not see the posts that caused the permaban, but I'm, I'm being honest when I say that it couldn't have been anything worse than the calls for violence I'd seen in other subreddits. I half-assedly like, tried to follow on Twitter, but the quality of content was far worse and clearly pushed by mostly bots. And for the time being, it looked like my obsession with the story of QAnon would have to remain dormant. A couple of weeks later, I saw some posts on Twitter that the QAnon community had moved to Vote, a message platform I had never heard of. Perhaps I could get my giggles there. When I signed into the Q Research Board on Vote, Uh, One thing was abundantly clear. Uh, These people hated Jews. (laughs) Never in my life, never in my life, had I seen more overt anti-Semitism and racism. It was ugly, and it honestly, as a Jew myself, made my stomach turn. Gone was the thoughtful analysis of court documents and history lessons, and in its place were basically just arguments as to whether Jews were evil or not. It seemed about 40% of the community was sort of maybe kind of attempting to push back on the anti-Semitic rhetoric, while the rest of the community tried to assure them that no, 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 this was always beneath everything that Q talked about, that Q had in fact sent them to vote in an effort to help the true beliefs of the movement bubble to the surface. And I got to admit, I was sad. My favorite my favorite new conspiracy theory was just your same old, same old Jews run the world shit. And while I lamented the death of the subreddit where the terms of service prevented jerks like these from farting up the place, I was glad to see much of the QAnon community for what it really was. Damn. Ugh. Heartbreaking story. That's a sad story, man. We're all on different tracks, right? I didn't hang out on Reddit. I hung out mostly on Twitter. And and Travis goes straight to the 4, 4chan, 8chan, like deep deep dive. Right. And I, I love that you can basically see how the movement had the kind of soft red pill entrance zone of yes. like the Great Awakening. And then once you reach like Travis's level, there was no doubt. But what Vote did was it, it basically turned the mainstream one into a more honest version of itself, right. which I have to say, in this case, makes a great argument for deplatforming because it basically didn't allow you to continue to get red pilled. It kind of peeled back the soft layer and showed you what was down the line. Yeah. There was always a piece of my brain 
that was like, this is all fantasy. There was never a moment where I was 100% sure that, like, this shit was real. And I think that's why I was able to sort of separate, you know, the politics that I obviously totally disagree with and think are bad from there's this, like, fun thing happening, like, on the internet that only a few people know about. Like, I totally got fucking bit by the the exclusivity yeah. mm. of it, which, which, which is... Um, you know, I think happens to a lot of people who once they get too deep, when they get to that vote message board, they're like, oh, I've got so much invested in this. Like, I guess I'll just hate the Jews. Because Q sent people there. Yeah. So it's like he must have known what's happening there. Otherwise, he'd say, hey, go there, but maybe like don't do this and that because it sucks. But he's never called out anything about He's never called out racism or anti-Semitism within the QAnon. He could easily, like, clean up a, a good portion. He's had a couple posts where he's like, you know, like, all patriots are accepted. Something like some vague kind of inclusive, like, right. terminology. Yeah. But, so he's... As lo- but, but a patriot in this case means to be a white nationalist, essentially. So it's like, we accept all of you as long as you believe in white nationalism, which is inherently racist and anti-Semitic. Yeah, perhaps. That uh, certainly leads us into our final story. Short story number six. Now I want to talk about 11-11-18. And you can't really talk about 2018 and QAnon without talking about failed predictions. And uh, there were a lot of them in 2018. So, for example, the QAnon community thought that uh, the Nunes memo uh, would topple the deep state in February. And they thought that the uh, DOJ Inspector General report would do it in June. And that the world would learn the truth in July. And then there was Red October, and there was a so-called Red Tsunami for the midterm elections that never happened. And, of course, there was a D5 or December the 5th where they thought that uh, the lid would be blown off the Clinton Foundation. Um, so lots and lots of disappointments. But out of all of these, I would, I would argue that the most significant failed prediction is 11-11-18. And this one is significant because I'm pretty sure it is the only time Q made like a concrete prediction then attached a month date and year to it so because usually when q makes like predictions or speculations there's these really vague cryptic messages and then the QAnon community sort of decides as prediction and they they decide as community the date and they decide what's going to happen and of course it doesn't happen and the response is always well q never said that there's always a sort of escape hatch that sort of uh, allows them to sort of uh, brush off these sort of failed predictions. And it's true because, like, Q, Q doesn't say that. Q never said that because Q almost never says anything, like, really concrete. It's all, it's all it's like, you know, nailing jello to the wall. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, in a March 6th Q drop, Q said this. 11-11-18, a parade that will never be forgotten. Ask yourself, why? God bless our brave men and women in uniform. We'll never forget. Q. And then in a April 21st Q drop, uh, Q repeated the date when Q said this. America will be unified again. 11-11-18. Q. All right. So for Q, this is like as concrete as a prediction as yeah, it gets. for sure. There's going to be an unforgettable parade and America will be unified again on a specific date. So this this belief that something big was going to happen got some credence when uh, it was reported that Trump was planning a big fancy military parade down in in Washington for Veterans Day, which happened to be eleven eleven eighteen. 
And so uh, people in the QAnon community speculated that this parade would include a perp walk of criminals exposed by QAnon <laughs> and the unsealed indictments. Who can forget the and, Macy's Day uh, perp rock every year? <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they imagine like Hillary, Obama, and Comey all just like being marched down the streets of D.C., nude, I assume. <laughs> just um, not on like a float that's like a, a kind of gay pride float, and they're just forcing them yes, right. to like well, be their true if, selves. Like nude, nude exactly. with like... the crowd throw, throwing rotten fruit and bugs yeah, like, at them, and I like assume. Graffiti, yeah, like graffiti, like derogatory, like graffiti, like written on their bodies right this is some salem level shit like they just want these people loaded onto a a, a little like horse-drawn carriage and then the whole village gets to throw shit at them and then we hang them at the end of it i know i know it's like it's like they they want them to be treated like 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 prisoners of war in a defeated army in like ancient greece or something rather than somebody who's who's being you know prosecuted by a criminal justice system but it's, it's, it's part of this whole humiliation fantasy. You know, they don't just want justice. They want they just want to heap shame and humiliation upon anyone they hate. Yeah. Uh, so but other people thought there would be some sort of like deal with Putin on 11, 11, 18. Uh, for example, I have here Twitter user uh, at Rocky Shores uh, who said this. When Putin shows up for a nuclear proliferation agreement signature and to watch America's military parade on Veterans Day to celebrate world peace, I hope they spend a few more hours in a private meeting just to watch the spinning heads explode on hashtag fake news, hashtag MAGA, hashtag QAnon, hashtag BQQM, hashtag P2. So... I love the idea of a military parade to celebrate world peace. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're super, super hyped. They thought that that for sure was the day uh, it would all go down and they would be vindicated and stop being the shame of their family. But uh, there was a setback. It was announced that uh, there actually wasn't going to be a, a military parade on 11 11 18 because it's stupid and expensive. And it was just one of those things that Trump talked about in hopes he would get. And it just, it just, everyone told him it was dumb and it just, it just sort of fell apart. Yeah. He just put stuff yeah. on like his Christmas list and hopes that Santa <laughs> yeah. will bring it. Yeah. Yeah. It was thinking, the funny thing about Trump is like he's the most powerful man in the world, but he, he just, he always bemoans to how little power he has. He just never yeah. gets away with what he wants yeah. to do. Well, he can't just put the entire uh, staff of SNL in jail. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in an uh, August 18 Q drop, Q responded to the canceled parade by saying this. Timelines change. Watch the budget. Q. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. We yep. couldn't to- afford to bring you today's awesome Q broadcast. Yes. Uh, instead, uh, the money has been uh, funneled into uh, defunding a Planned Parenthood. I know. I love this. This sounds like this sounds like you know uh, a dad trying to tell his his kid that they're going to have to reschedule their vacation to Disneyland yeah. or something. But yeah, timelines change. Deal with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, Just, okay, maybe you won't get the birthday party that you wanted. But have you turned off the lights? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, so basically, it, this was a letdown before it even happened, and you know, of course, eleven, eleven, eighteen came and went without incident, or. Did it? The QAnon community so worked up, they decided that there had to be something significant about that date. Coincidentally, on 11-11-18, scientists recorded a mysterious seismic wave coming from Mayotte, which is an island in the Indian Ocean between Madagascar and the coasts of Mozambique. 
and uh, scientists suspected that these seismic waves were caused by magma draining from a volcanic chamber under the seafloor. So basically, they were caused by normal geological activity. But some in the QAnon community had other ideas. They thought it was the work of white hats using secret technology who were doing something significant. Joe M., or at Storm Has Upon Us on Twitter, celebrated 11-11 by saying this. He said, One day we're going to learn what earth-shifting event happened on 11-11 where mysterious seismic waves traveled 11,000 miles across the world for 17 seconds. Hugh knows. And then, uh, I am really excited to learn about what classified white hat technology that was hidden from us before that was activated on 11-11, the day that Q told us the world was unified. Everything is about to change. Welcome to Earth 2.0. Oh my God. He's the, I Steve, know. He's the Steve Jobs of like secret technologies yeah. that don't exist. <laughs> yeah. And he, but he's also Will Smith from uh, Independence Day when he goes, welcome to Earth 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, prominent QAnon promoters Jordan Sather and Robot Interiors, they had other theories. And uh, Jordan Sather said, We know the Cabal likes to use electromagnetic frequency technologies for their mass mind control. I wonder if the classified tech Q was referring to regarding 1111 was some sort of brainwave harmonizer that was turned on to undo that. Oh, yeah. Hells, yeah. <laughs> a brainwave yeah, harmonizer? <laughs> If you turn on a good brainwave harmonizer, it will reverse the electromagnetic frequency technologies that they use to mass mind control you. Robot Interiors responded, Whoa, that's crazy. So you're saying the seismic event was the White Hats basically reverse engineering brainwave control tech to release people so they can have actual ability to wake up something maybe that machine inhibited? Or did I interpret that wrong? This is so a movie. Have you watched any of her, uh, like, Instagram videos and shit? Oh, my. Yeah, God, she is Oh, she's nuts. terrifying. She's terrifying. Yeah, she, something terrible happened to that poor yeah. woman. Uh, so, anyway, so I, I just think that, like, this, the 11, 11, 18, this is, like, the perfect QAnon prediction. So Q says something big is going to happen yeah. on a specific date, and then it falls apart before the date even c- comes right. around. And, but despite that fact, mm-hmm. the, uh, nothing really significant happened in 11, 11, 18. People in the QAnon community decided that it had to be a big deal because Q said it was at one point, And they clinged to this transparently absurd explanation about brain waves and a you know geological activity being secret white hat technology just just to make it yeah. significant, but just not in any way like Q specified really. It's just it just really it really captures yeah. like how empty and fraudulent like the Q, the Q thing is and the links the QAnon community will go to uh, to to stick to the conspiracy theory. Brainwave harmonizer technology is is like antabuse for uh, to alcoholics except for pedophiles. You can no longer have pleasure, um, you know, carousing with children under the influence of these brainwaves, and so pedophiles everywhere change their ways, and there is no longer any pedophilia in the world. Welcome to Earth 2.0. Earth 2.0. Fuck, we made it. Hell yeah. We made it. Some of the children didn't, but whatever, you but know. Right. At least. I still have a few bug requests for the next version of Earth. This isn't isn't quite doing yeah. it for me. Yeah, it's, this sucks. Could we have like maybe like a self-cleaning mechanism for the oceans and air? Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, and, and some sort of technology that's like a giant refrigerator for putting back together the ice caps. I would be down for like one unified um, like cell phone company so that... Um, my texts don't show up green. 
Nice. Yeah, it's so true. Apple, uh, can you invent Earth 2.0 for us and make sure that it includes Android users? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, the Android users will be second-class citizens in Earth 2.0, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows Android users are just one step away from pedos. Yeah, we'll live in the slums. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on our podcast. We are supported by our listeners. That's you. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous. If you pay five bucks a month, you'll get access to our premium episodes and give the show a chance to grow and put out even more stuff. Our goal is to make this a full-time thing and remain fiercely independent. When you subscribe to our Patreon, you contribute to making this a reality. Uh, this week, I'd like to thank our new $5 contributors, UGP987, John H., Cedric, Brian J., Ian R., Matthew C., John H., Stefan H., David W., Chris Y., Simon O., Zach T., Derek T., Adam K., Kobe B., Nicholas M., Ashtails, Tiffany, Paul S., Nate G., Chris W., Matt S., DJ W., Emily M., Tara C., and Stephen C., and of course, thanks to our $10 contributors, Drew M, Venny S, Josh R, Adam W, Eric O, John S, Joel D, and Luke B. Finally, a big thanks to our $20 contributor, Susie R. If you can't afford to support us financially, you can always help by telling friends about us, posting about us on social media and message boards, etc. Or if you haven't already, go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. We still have um, pro QAnon boomers just ripping us a new one. Guys, we need we need defense. We need a digital army. We need you out there posting memes. I need you on the front um, lines posting those five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, you can take us out. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you.